welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 265, the Jeff Buds Traveling Seminar from the 2019 NWTF Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. And I am your host and the guy who did it. If you follow me on Twitter, then you already know. But if you don't, here it is. I told you guys last week that one of my goals for deer season was to kill a deer with my new air rifle that I got. And I did it. I got it done Sunday morning at about 8.15 and killed a nice sized doe. I've got some fresh deer meat in the freezer and the world is good. But that air rifle is pretty bad news. It sounds about like a 22 long rifle going off. Shoots a 357 caliber slug and on a double lung shot on about an 85 pound doe it was a pass through she ran about 20 yards and could not stand it anymore so i was pretty excited about that that was very cool and i look forward to hopefully killing a couple more deer with it this season as well so today we are 114 days 13 hours 40 minutes and 19 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. So I've got a long show for you guys today. I'm going to be playing the seminar that Jeff Buds did at the 2019 NWTF convention. And the seminar is about traveling and turkey hunting. So whether you're traveling to just extend your season, or maybe it's for your Grand Slam or your Super Slam, there's some information in here that you can take away that will probably make that process a little bit easier, a little bit smoother, and maybe a little bit less expensive for you guys. So since the seminar is a little bit long, I'm going to go ahead and jump into it, and I will see you guys on the other side. Good morning, everybody. Uh, So I'm Jeff Buds, and this is my pride and joy. This is Hunter. Uh, I just had to say hi to him. My beautiful wife's going to come get him from me. And my stepdaughter, who's now just turned 14, that's her in the picture. So she came down and shot a double of her the first morning in youth on her Osceola's. We went to Tennessee. You got to do two, one a day. So she did that. And then she doubled for her Miriam and doubled for her Rios. She, she got her double season season Grand Slam. So and she's in the back, too. She's in the Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, thank you, honey. So, and, yeah, I'll have a shotgun. Oh. 
So tell me, show of hands, how many have gotten a Grand Slam? Perfect. How many are trying for a Grand Slam? Super Slam? Trying? Trying? Gotten? Perfect. Trying. Uh, and of the Grand Slammers, how many are two? How many are three birds into it? Couple, two birds into it. Couple more, one bird into it. There you go. So we're working at it. Um, so my claim to fame, and you know, now it's real easy to be at the end of it. Or not, I hope not the end of it. I'm 52. Uh, but when I started and got my first. Eastern, I've got a picture in my slideshow. April 1st, 1989, a buddy took me out. I'd never done it, and they shot gobbled. Uh, and he called in two Eastern, little scrawny Jakes, and we doubled up. And I thought, holy cow, this is pretty incredible. And had I known, had I had an inkling of what it was going to evolve into, I, I just can't, I couldn't fathom of the places I've gone. So my Super Slam, I, I finished that in uh, 14, and um, so a bird out of every state of the 49, there's none in Alaska um, that are huntable or legal to hunt. And, uh, and then the Grand Slam, so this spring I'll get my 100th Grand Slam um, and everybody, and I try and answer questions before people ask because so many people ask the exact same questions. Um, but they say, wait a second, a hundred grand slams, a grand slam a year, you're 52. That doesn't add up. And I got my first one when I was 20. And so I realized real quickly that you can get, you got two. So I hunted, got my first grand slam, first bird in 89, no bird in 90, no bird in 91. Second bird was another Jake on April 1st, 1989, and I thought, you know what? I had just gone for the, a weekend hunt in Illinois. You just got your three or four day season. And I said, you know what? Next year, I'm going to go and I'm going to really hunt and, and do more. So I went out and I shot at Miriam's and I had moved out to Colorado. And then 94, I went down and, and uh, I said, I'm going to get an Osceola. So I did that. So 90, 94 is when I got my first Grand Slam. And then, and then I realized you can get two in the spring and two in the fall. There's a super slammer, Doc Weddle. And he's working on his third right there, you guys. And uh, so, so after that, I realized I'm going to start plugging away. And way back when, anybody that's uh, hopefully you know the name of Dick Kirby, who is just an inspiration, an incredible outdoorsman, family man, Christian, um, businessman, just an uh, inspiration for, for anybody. Artist. I mean, I'd, I'd see him get on a knee with a little kid on a box call. And... and Mr. Kirby, could you sign my call? And he'd whittle out a, a, a sketch of like a Tom strutting on a knoll with a bird in the sunrise. And I'm just in awe. And they're just little old me who just snipes around and shoots turkeys. And so we went back and forth. I chased him um, and, and passed him in the 60s. Uh, and, and, and unfortunately, he passed away after surgery. He, he never came out of it. And that's been probably 10 years ago. But I, uh, four Grand Slams a year. I went down in the spring, and I wouldn't leave Florida until I got two. And then I'd go in the fall, and I wouldn't leave. So four Grand Slams and 20 years of four Grand Slams uh, made it pretty add up pretty quickly. So, you know, just like anything. And, and the whole spiel today, and I tell everybody, oh, I, I'd like to do that. I'd like to do that. Well, there's absolutely no excuse for anybody not to do it because there's public property and most everybody I deal with, I, I help out just as many people. So I'm a guide professionally, that's what I do. I guide Osceola's and then I guide uh, 
Grand Slams, um, and Glenn Johnson, Glenn, raise your hand. He came with me for a Grand Slam, single season Grand Slam. I do that in the spring. Um, come to Orlando, do an Osceola, then Georgia Eastern or North Florida, and then I kick you to the curb, and then you come back out to Denver. I pick you up in Denver, and you, we go to South Dakota, and then drive down six hours, South Dakota, Miriam, drive down to Kansas, about six hours to get your Rio, go back to Denver, and it's both trips are about a five-day trip. So, so that's what I do professionally, and then I've been a stay-at-home dad, and I say that, so I, I do a lot of traffic and, and uh, other stuff, but Hunter stays with me. And I've got a couple of pictures, and now I'm that guy, you know. And I, my pictures, you go through my photo, and you go through, and there's no more. All this stuff is just all this stuff, and you know. And I didn't think I'd ever get there, but golly. <laughs> um, so the the gist is, you guys have to remember and think about and know and buy into is that that every single person, it's the easiest thing of. Everybody talks about bucket lists, and it's not like a grand slam of sheep, which is going to cost you four or $500,000, and you're going to go on these big, rocky, rugged, rugged trips and, and physically demanding. And, you know, they're, they're turkeys. You know, they're in every state. And now the tide is turned that, that it's, it's you knock on a door, and they say, oh, I got one rule, and you're like, oh, here it comes. And they say, if you shoot one, you got to shoot them all. And I say, oh, I can, I can do that rule, you know. And, and uh, anyway, it's uh, the, the tide is really turned, and people, especially the super slammers, uh, because honestly, the grand slam is just sort of obsolete now. That so many people are trying the grand or the super slam. Um, I think I was the the tenth, eleventh, uh, something to, to achieve that. And, and uh, um, so, but now there's probably each year. I bet you, and I think there's probably going to take another 10 years, 8 years, but there'll probably be 20, 25 people a year that are achieving the Super Slam because now it's just got so much traction. Um, but to knock, ma'am, you're going to have to leave if that kid keeps up all the noise. Uh, so so uh, just remember, just knocking on doors and setting up states, uh, your states, and if you're going to go and hunt one state, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't be that person that somebody you call because of a friend of a friend of a friend, and you're so optimistic like me. Um, I mean, I do this for a living. I went on an elk hunt last September in Idaho, and they go, oh, 20,000 acres, don't worry about it. When they say don't worry about it, worry about it. When they say trust me, don't trust them, okay? If ma mama said, if it too, sounds too good to be true, it's not true. I get out there, he had 3,000 acres, because that's all I do is lease and sublease and guy all hit 3,000 acres. There's five of us, four of my friends, five of us. After the first day, we never saw another elk. It was horrible. So ask all your questions before. So there's number two. Number one, you can do it. Number two, you're going to do it because you're going to do all the homework. And right now, February 16th, I think, 17th, you're, you're already too late, you know? And I say that, and I've got to a state, and I got a bird and, and went, oh my gosh, I'm done in a day, and I didn't think about it, and, uh, and open up my map and say, look, there's public ground. I'm going to head there, and along the way I saw, huh, there's a dairy. Hmm, ding. Every dairy I know in turkey country has turkeys. Maybe not in the summer, but in the winter, because everything else is all browned up and died, and, and, and their food, they have to feed those cows every day. Um, so we're going to slip through this, uh, if I can, uh, where's my, oh, here we go. Um, if you have a question, 
if you think it, if it really pertains to that, I have no problem. In fact, we could stop right now and do question answer. I would love to answer your guys' questions. And please don't be afraid to just nudge a lot of you guys with couples. Just nudge your, you know, the girls or the guys have questions. Just nudge them and whisper and have them ask it, you know, and then everybody can laugh at them. But just please ask your questions because there's nothing I haven't heard so far already when somebody asks questions, and that's how we all learn is by asking questions. So please, if you want to save it at the end, we'll have some time. They, they gave me a two-hour window. We'll be here, I don't know, an hour, 45, 50 minutes. Um, but there'll be plenty of time if you can save it. If not, if it pertains, please ask questions. Stop right then, and, and we'll fly through it. Uh, so double grand slam. She still hasn't tipped her guide. Uh, so there, and I had to put this because Jenna, so that was, so she's four, just turned 14 now and you know that window when they just spurt. She was 12 inches younger and you know, she's a little kid then and now she's a woman, you know, but it starts with kids. You know, I just saw Danny Young, he's real big with WTF and then I was talking with Matt Outdoors and stuff and Matt Lindler who's a good friend of mine. I've walked, grown with him for the last 15 years and last year at the banquet he said, hey you guys, I have one thing for you. This year, because somebody said it the year before, they're like, oh, and they, it, if you try and bite off too much, it's too much. Oh, this year I'm going to get 49 states. Forget, it's too much. This year I'm going to do two states. I'm going to do three states. You can do it. So it, it's a year around. We drove around the corner. I'll never forget that. We drove around the corner and a whole herd of raccoons ran across the road on one of my leases and they started running up the tree in the middle of nowhere and they, golly, they made a bad choice. Because she was, I mean, I opened the door and I've got three dogs at the time, two kids, wife, we're grabbing guns and dogs and running and they didn't stand a chance. But it, it all goes, it's year round. I trap, I scout, I mentor. We gotta keep those kids going because if we don't, it's, we're gonna lose it all. Um, hold on, did I skip one? Oh, there we go. Uh, uh. Oh, so this one, I had to do this. So, uh, young guys that come up to me, I'm the second paragraph, young guys come up to say, uh, say to me, I want to do what you are doing. Uh, this is a Field and Stream article. I tell them, okay, first thing you do is take off that wedding ring, take it off and smash it with a hammer and throw it out the window because you're going to come back. I tell you to smash it because you're going to come back at one time. You're going to whimper back and you're going to want to try and find it. And I say, smash it so you can't get it back on. So the missus, she uh, found that and she brings it up to me and so so then now uh uh oh so then so now there there I am I'm I'm that guy but you got to juggle it for me because I do it for a living I I just do that so she can't say no um so here's the here's the crew in our finest I'm in camo Hunter is chewing on the dog's ear mom's in PJs because she needs a nap Jenna's taking uh she does dance team and McKenna who is actually the our 10 year old she's at a uh uh, horse show right now uh, and, and this weekend. Um, so there's McKenna. That was last spring. And I mean, look at that smile. You can't fake that stuff. You know, there's a nine year old that shot her first turkey. And two weeks later, that was opening youth. Two weeks later, she shot the other one. He comes out full strut. I said, There he is. And she goes, Can I shoot him? I said, Honey, he's 100 yards away. Let's wait just a little bit. Well, she asked. We're in a double bowl in a big field. And mom's with us. And, and she, you know, gobbles, struts. Can I shoot him? Honey, he's 90 yards now, you know, and this goes on until finally he's at the decoy, and she she uh, she got a good one. It, we had a good time, but you just can't fake that stuff. So here's my eight-day-old hunter, 
and uh, we had to pose for a picture because uh, that's your youngest Grand Slammer right there. 4.10 in three years. He better not be an anti-hunter. Um, yeah, that's it. There, are you kidding me? That's my cookie monster. Um, and Oh, he's got the same shirt on. Uh, and so there is, I am all day. So when I get on the ranch, it's okay for me to take him out of the car or take him out, click him out of the back. And he sits on my console. I put my arm on him. So he's still locked in. You see that? I, I, he's strapped in just in case I hit something. He still has a little protection. Um, so past that, now we're down to the meat. So let's talk so the, of the Grand Slam. And we're here to talk about gear needed and just getting out and going the Grand Slam. Um, so the Osceola, here's the woods of the Osceola, the swamps, the cypress, and beautiful, the Spanish moss, um, the ferns, palmettos, all that good stuff. Uh, the Easterns, just hardwoods, creek bottom. Um, and, the, you know, there's so I do most of my honey now in orange groves because it, it's, it's really productive. And, uh, but you think of uh, what, what the norm is, what people think of, and what I thought of when I wanted to go to a sp specific area. You know, people think New York. That's my one highlight. I was just talking earlier. And they, oh, New York City. New York is one of the most beautiful states, and it's huge. And one, a, a thousandth of the percent of New York is that, is Manhattan. And that's what everybody thinks of. But uh, it's it, it beautiful to get out and travel to those states. So the blue bonnets, if you've never seen blue bonnets in Texas, the temperature has to be right, the moisture has to be right. It's like morels. Most people come from eastern woods and they talk, hey, the morels popping. And when they pop, everybody who's got woods and, and goes out and gets them, they know that's the time. But this is a blanket of, it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. Um, uh, and then the, the hills of South Dakota, where I finish up my the, the slam, is uh, uh, out out uh, in South Dakota, Nebraska, Northwestern Nebraska. It's just beautiful country. Um, so the coloration. This is a map from the NWTF. The coloration is such. Um, the only one that I really argue with. In fact, the biologists they're doing a DNA stu blood study up in Nebraska right now. Um, that is as brutal as it can be. You don't have. A line. You have this. Miriam's over. They sort of scatter and they hit a, the sand hills here. But you know they transplanted birds. They transplanted. You can come up and you can get your Washington triple now. I don't know why they don't have easterns in there because oh, easterns, Miriam's and Rios. But uh, Rios, yeah, green is hybrids. Rios are red. Purple is Miriam's. It's ridiculous because I hunt. I hunt birds right right here, and it's ridiculous to say. So they tip, Nebraska should be the only legal state without because they didn't tra they transplanted these because Rios come up from here, Miriams come down from here, and Easterns come. These should be Easterns, and you can get over the counter three bird tag in Nebraska, and they're ki shooting themselves in the foot. But they're doing a DNA. A doctor is doing a, uh, the college and he still hasn't got the results but that's where you look and, and it shows a lot of white in there where there's no birds and that's not accurate and this is an old map um, there's birds in uh, there are more birds in, in counties or more birded counties populated counties than not with 5,000 whatever counties in the, in the country um, there, there was my map I hit it twice there was my map. I had that from the very beginning, so then I kept it. I didn't travel with it because of technology um, towards the end. But my thing was I would circle the, the states as I, would, as I would get them, and then on the side I had the states left, and I would check them off, and I finished with, with uh, Arizona um, was my last one. But uh, the gear needed, number one, is the phone right there. 
That is your number one resource. Number two is right there too is a credit card because <laughs> it costs everybody something. Whether you're a working man like me, I didn't I didn't pay a guide. I. I uh, paid a buddy of mine, a friend of a good friend, and now we actually spent our honeymoon there a few years ago um, in Hawaii. Um, I talk to him quite often, um, but that's the only one. And I've painted compounds because I had a painting business. I did that, and I'd go and knock, and, and they'd go, no, we don't do honey. And I'd come up on our ranch, and, and they'd, say, they'd say that, and I'd go, yeah, yeah, that's okay, but... But look, look at all that paint that's chipping all over the state. Because we all have thorns in our sides and chores that we, we uh, don't want to do. And I'd say, you know, I could do that. I could whitewash and come in, power wash and come back out. And, and I got some incredible property by doing that. So think about what you have in your niche. In your, do you have, and not, I, I can't give, give away an Osceola for every bird. In fact, I didn't. Not, not one Osceola I traded. I'd have them come down. I might give them a good break. Um, but a, uh, a, uh, when I pay a thousand twelve hundred dollars for a bird, then I have all my expenses on top of that. You think I could have spent? Well, I, I couldn't because there are people that could write that check, but I couldn't have spent forty nine thousand plus plus for, and swapping all that stuff out. Um, but I'd say, hey, come down for a hog hunt, or if you're coming down and you want to go and you're going to Disney, stop in and stay. And I've made some incredible friends. But you, everybody, and, and not that you'd switch swap a, a white tail. Because a lot of people were whitetail all over the country. But you have something. You have Easterns. Most everybody lives in Eastern country. Um, here's just a map of Florida where they say the orange is the Easterns and the gray is the Osceola's where they say it, it separates. There's somewhere just over 100,000 birds in the state of Florida. Um, uh, half of that uh, is, is Osceola's and they harvest somewhere 15,000 birds, 12,000 birds. It's sad. They don't do a tag. They don't do tags down there. They don't do call-in. There's no check stations. There's no way. They just throw out numbers. And Tony Young is the one that's in charge of the Florida um, uh, Florida um, Fish and Wildlife and they uh, are uh, <coughs> FWC and, and they uh, and, and I ask him and he throws out numbers and I say, Tony, how can you so they're working for it and hopefully one day we all see that all the states are over the counter and, and they realize that really the hunters are the ones that are going to be the conservationists and doing the right thing um, So and then here's a, a couple from uh, brochures from public property, um, but maps and they're cheesy, they just show sort of uh, the basic roads and they don't show vegetation. It's not a satellite view, but with the technology today, you can get on Google and you can see right where you are and you can mix and match and, and see all that stuff and, and uh, figure out. And there's another. There, so there was the two the two maps. Here's one of, uh, of Nebraska in Shadron, Nebraska, where I, I started off. It was five hours from Boulder and I would go there because I could hunt. Nebraska, South Dakota, Wyoming, or Montana and Wyoming. I had four states within two-hour drive. I could do a four-state deal all over the counter. And so I got here, and this is one of my... I bought this way back when. This is in, this is map is 24 years old, um, and and I said okay, well, and I looked right in the middle and I said I want to be right in the. I don't want to go. And there are birds you can drive down the road and see uh, strutting birds. Uh, two years ago, there's a big snowstorm and they pushed right in by the cows, just like that overnight. They go from way out here to right in where the cows were, and I saw them and dug on it. I I, I got one. It was pretty cool, but. It, it, I want to center in you. Oh, it's easy. Well, you, those are all trails and, and ravines and streams, and it's like this and that. And, and, you know, you better have a GPS. You better be in shape and, and have some good, good weathered gear with you, or you're going to be miserable. Um, 
So this is what I would do in the, to start off with. I would have my states, and I would, I would go through there, and NWTF doesn't do anything like this, and shame on them, and I work on them. And, and, uh, um, but I would go through, and I would write the season down. I would say, if you can buy it online, what the limit is, what you're, if you're, and, and my goal, and everybody has different goals, right off the bat, I said, I'm going to get a Tom, a spring Tom, out of every state. That being said, I've got 99 slams, and I've got, 460 birds somewhat total. So I've got 99 Osceolas and I've got many more of the Easterns, Rios, and Miriams. So I do a lot of fall hunting. But I want to know, so the license cost, because if you go to Walmart and somebody's never even hunted and they go, oh, here, here's your license for $22 and you grab it and sign it and walk out the door and then you look at it later, hopefully not when Johnny stops you and he goes, do you have your license on you, sir? And you look and it says resident. And you go, wait a second, you, it's up to you to know that information. But I do, this, you know, because, and I made mistakes along the way. I was supposed to be the pro, and I'd go somewhere, and they go, I was in Maryland, Saturday hunt, and we got so close, and they said, oh, yeah, so we'll regroup on Monday. And I go, Monday? What about tomorrow? So they said, no, we don't have any hunting on Sunday. So I drove, I got in the car, and I drove all night and got Saturday. I never didn't sleep. So I went to Ohio because I had purchased a tag earlier. So I drove all the way to Ohio just so I could hunt Sunday and didn't get a bird. Gosh, I was close. And then I drove back to Maryland and got one Monday morning right off the bat. It was great. But know when your days are, the phone numbers contact, do you need leg tags, do you check them in? Um, and when I have a contact, I put them up there um, just so I had something, a reference, and I would, I would always go back to that. Um, so again, information, the phone, talking to people, um, registrations, and here, I'll go to the next one. So this is, so I put our initials for our family, I put those on at the beginning of the season, So because each year I get Karen Cavender's one NWTF, and she's, I call her each year, and they say, oh, due by December 31st, and I say, but Karen, it, season doesn't end, and, and you know Jenny and I actually doubled with with birds on the 31st. And I say I can't get them to you by the 31st, so I, I get them to her sometime in January. She's fine with it. But the one thing I've never done that I'm going to do this is my stack. I just finished, so it has our initials, and you can't see it, but I already put all of our information, and I had everybody sign it, and I Xerox copy, so I've got a stack of 10 or so. So all I got to do is fill out the date, then I flip it over. And then I put, so this is the personal information, but if you flip it over, then you see all the, the date of the bird, the license number, time, weapon, all that information, the measurements of him. So you just fill that out right then. And I have notes on my phone, and I have the scale and the knives and all that tape measure stuff. So I do that right away. Um, but then it's not just a thorn in your side at the end of the year, and you're trying to find a license. Again, you, so you call DNR and you figure that out. Um, so I just take a picture of my licenses or important stuff with me, and just so I have record. Uh, Delaware, I believe this is Delaware. It's the only state that uh, you have to take an, a turkey hunting course, which it's like taking a, hypothetically speaking, if you were to get a ticket and you had to do your driver's test or something and pay 20 bucks to do that and, and get a discount on and don't get points, hypothetically speaking, of course. Uh, I mean, you go to the end of it and it's just, you just have to put your time in. Um, there's in the old days when I had notebooks and I would just save notes on logs and logs of miles driven out, sl hours slept, birds, you name it, all that stuff. I just kept track of it. There's, I 
haven't done it for a while, but I, my licenses and the money I've spent on licenses, and good news is, is turkey licenses are relatively inexpensive, um, but I had a wall in, a, in my hunt room that I had hung them all. Um, so here's, we're going to be on this one just for a little bit. So gear, so Matt Lindler was, was here, and I was actually on a hunt. I was in Texas, and he said, Jeff, I need a picture of your gear because I'd written, I'd do a little article for those guys, and, and it was of gear. And, and he said, he said, I need a picture to go along with it because I thought I'd send him one anyway. So I just stopped the car wherever I was and, and pulled everything out. And that was it. And I tried to, and most of the stuff is in Ziploc baggies and it's tucked away in nooks and crannies and all that stuff. And I try and travel right at the very beginning. I thought of where I want to get to and how I'm going to get there and the easiest way. Well, the easiest way with me is no ice, nothing perishable, uh, eat pretty pretty easy stuff, travel light, uh, you know, and, and the more you do it, I mean, I literally, so youth season's next weekend, and a couple weeks into it, um, I, my stuff's in my car, my camo, my vest, I have a gun rack, and I always have a, have a gun with me and, and the ammunition, but I could stop wherever I am, anytime I wanted to, and go chase a turkey. I guaranteed, and have most everything that I needed in the car. But, you know, pro Ziplocs, um, oh, there's my a selfie stick, but protein bars, uh, my uh, expandables from... Bow, thermocell, binoculars, uh, notes, coyote call, hauls. You get there and you get a tickle and like, oh, and I have that in my vest. I know where every single thing is in the pitch black. I can reach down and get it. And usually when I'm sitting, not usually, every time, I can sit down and set everything and I keep everything in the exact same place. The older you get, you realize that your keys have to go to the same place. Or you, everything in the house, you start misplacing them. But my tape measure, my scale, my Havilons, rubber latex gloves, my ears. Um, I've been around a lot of shooting. I'm definitely, I have pitches that are that throw me off and when noise is going on a noise over here then I can't focus. I, it, it just throws me off. But those ears, it helps me go from when I hear that bird, I cannot just hear him like he's, I think he's that way for me. I can say, nope, he's right there, and he's probably 200 yards away. So, and they're all different brands. That's ESP is the uh, kind I get. Um, the, my Gore-Tex knee pads, if I, and, and depending on where I'm hunting, and I'll put those in my vest, because, and they're just Home Depot $8 knee pads, and they Velcro around my knee, and because if you haven't uh, flat-nosed, um, I think that politically correct, I'm not supposed to say Indian, but if you haven't flat-nosed on, it, on a, a bird, and I can't talk about reaping, um, but it's unbelievable. Uh, reaping is when you use a fan or a decoy, which is this, and this hooks to my bow. It looks real, and when you go and you sort of get in their realm and you poke it up, <laughs> they, I promise they are going to run. The question is, are they going to run that way, or are they going to run to you? And when they run to you, it's like nothing you've ever experienced. Um, and Glenn here, he reminded me of my story of, of uh, when he came, and, and of course... 
I have to see everything and I sort of tell everybody stay down stay down and I don't realize it too much and I'm trying to work more at that but I had my fan out and there were two toms and they were working the Miriams of South Dakota so you can use the topography and, and so I just poke up and I can use my fan and look and they look and here they come I go get ready and I go here they come get ready and all he can see is the back of my head and the fan while I'm watching this whole thing go on and I get I go okay they're, they're here and I sort of move a little bit and when I say they're here they're at that white bag right there and, and he shot and got one and, and shot at the other one and, and uh, well we had to leave some seed stock for the next year and uh, um, he reminded me that I picked up the shell and I said smell that because he's like how could I miss that and, and, and he smelled it as if I were going to say that you can smell that burn because that's a bad shell and he smelled it he took that whiff and he goes yeah I do smell it and I go smells like vegetarian, doesn't it? Or I said vegetarian because I said it should smell like victory and I burned him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Glenn. I'll work on that. But I need to get everybody looking to see because that's what it's about to, to experience and see all that stuff. And when you're around him, if you can be out in the woods and it, you don't have to, I like to call it scouting because then it says I'm working, but to be in the woods, whether you're carrying, you don't have to carry a weapon to, to see all the interaction of the, of the animals talking of of the when the deer blows, you know, uh oh, if I'm working a turkey and I deer blows, I, I just know he's he's ruined. I mean, I know that they feed off each other. It's a ripple effect. But to be in the woods and working all that stuff. Um, but uh, my decoys, my vest, a bag so I can shoot, a lounger, muck boots. I've got. I must have my hiking boots on when I took the picture. Anyway, uh, you know, I have a cooler and some water. I usually have two coolers, one with dry goods, one with the cold goods, because you are going to carry some meat and, and good stuff, some turkey once you harvest them. But the gear list, and I have two different lists, um, and I, you know, literally, I, I uh, wasn't going to print them out. But if you, it's really easy. You can Google Jeff Buds, and it goes to my website, or it, my phone number will pop up. It's not a secret. My email. And if you email me and say, Jeff, gear list, I'll email you right back. You don't have to say, please, thank you. Just say gear list. I'll send you my gear list because I have a list that I drive with that I get ready and I have a gear list that I fly with. And I have the same list for when I elk hunt because it, it varies. When you you got to think about that stuff. I mean, I have a Yeti, a soft Yeti that we carry empty out there. We might put something in because I know when I come back from South Dakota and Nebraska, Kansas, when I come back, it's going to be full of meat. So I get, you just got to get to a freezer and get it froze before you, uh, before you uh, travel with it. Way back in the day, and there's the talk about old school camo. That was when I was Colorado. Um, oh, I was, I was really, really doing it. You can't see because that stove is blocking it. There's a, oh, there's my peanut butter and honey. Uh, you sort of see at the bottom of that there's a shelf and it slides out. That was the same one. So there's me. I, somebody must have taken that picture. But uh, so I had a shelf in the side and uh, I would. I had all my gear. I had a little propane cooker and I would cook the. As soon as I would get a turkey, I would I would cook that because very minimal ice. I could keep it going, but I would eat it. I would just gorge on protein. I eat eat a whole turkey in in a night and the next day for lunch and I'd be done with it so I wouldn't have to and as cool as it was it was real easy so there my little my niece and this is years ago because she was like eight and she's 26 now so she had given me that stuff the turkey which is right here so that picture was there and then so I so I took that for her and the uh 
because it's about family, you guys. And uh, so peanut butter, honey, a lot of protein. It's real easy to pack, not refrigeration. So there's my turkey next to me sleeping. So I had sent her those two pictures. Um, and there's another one, a different Toyota, same shelf. I would slide it out. I would pack all that gear in there. Uh, and, you know, my water, uh, the same basic stuff. I always travel with the same stuff. I'd have borax. I'd put, uh, put the beards and the spurs. Um, now I have bolt cutters, and I cut that spur off. I, just, I don't need a whole leg. I cut that spur off, and I throw it in the borax. I just want that inch and a half of the leg with the spur sticking out pop the beard off and uh, you know I have tail fans and feathers like crazy uh, blinds be, you know because I do it down in Florida and I do a lot of orange grove hunting there's not a lot of topography to brush to hide in so I do a lot of blind hunting down there and I've got 23 double bowl blinds I mean I blinds are incredible um, nothing wrong with I love the days when I have a mouth call in my pocket and a, and a couple of shells and I go um, but uh, that's it. There's uh, so Double Bull just came out with their new see-through, and that's that's the smaller version of it. And you look, and you, th you it just looks like normal. And then when you're inside, you see the mesh. So there's some those are what five jakes. And then you look, but you can see through it. The whole thing around you, you can see through. So it's it's a really cool. Uh, Technology. Um, so here was Flora. This is years and years ago that uh, I showed up before the season. I was hunting public ground, and I got my beat-up, ripped old camo and old pair of shoes, and I went trekking through with my GPS. And I had birds marked all over that place, and not one of them were within, you could hear from the road or from a parking lot because I my niche is being a runner and being in in good shape, I would try and be there. The gate's open at 4.30. First gobble, you better be set down before 6. So most people, anybody really, if they just one foot after the other, could get anywhere they wanted on the public property. Could you be somewhere in the farthest corner for the first fly down? So that's what I always focused on, is getting being as far back as possible. Uh, I bikes. I mean, I pack up and I I, I borrow that bike down there. Um, everywhere you are, there's going to be environmental factors that you have not. You know, everybody talks about out west, and I have. I can't tell you how many snowstorms I've been in. Twelve inch snowstorms in the first week of May, and you talk about shut an area down, and there's nothing like it. Um, but there, this is in Florida on that public ground, an opening morning, and the locals know once you get water, you can't see anything. And I didn't know how to navigate, and I went right through the water and went bam. So what did I do? I rolled the window down. I said, well, damage already done. Grabbed my vest and gun and jumped out the window and left my truck in the middle because I spun it and I couldn't get I said, whatever, I'm, I'm out of here. I didn't get a bird. And luckily, I just had to tow it to town and get an oil change. Um, there's the, the good old days. I had a couple pounds less on me than... Uh, but I, in the water, I would pack everything up and I would trek through to get from A to B instead of... I didn't have a boat. Locals have boats, and they keep canoes there. Um, but I would pack everything up. I got a bird. See his foot top left. I got a bird on my back or in, in there just going up and over. Uh, so out west, 
uh, the greasy roads. And if anybody hasn't ever experienced grease, Doc shakes his head. Or the people that shake in their heads, you've been there and done that. Going on the most, and they, they grade them over. So you see on the side, they've graded these roads. And there's a little, little hump here. You can't really tell. But if that hump was, wasn't there, every car would be in the ditch. Because you will literally drive this road and go boing, boing, boing. It's, you, you could do anything you wanted with the wheel. You could put that joker in reverse. Once you get steam, you're going. And there's nothing you can do. So I, of all my properties out there, I saved my honey holes. Glenn was with me and I, we went in, parked, and got, got the four-wheeler. It was muddy. We came over the first hump. We're 200 yards away from the ranch house and there were three Toms there. And they came and he sort of flinched. And I do two-on-ones. So the other buddy was with. And they flinched. I said, no, those birds aren't yours because they're both in good shape. And they looked at me like, what? We're here to kill Miriam. And I said, yeah, I've got two older guys coming you know, that aren't in great shape. So I, in my head, I just sort of prioritize where they are. And I get the, the birds that are way off the beaten path. When it's good weather, that's the one I focus on, but this grease, there's it, there's nothing. You just can't fathom it. So that was in that one was in Kansas with the rental, and and it's sort of hard to see, but I I blew that up. Yeah, yeah. Luckily for us. I turned to the hard right and there was a ditch that came down and I walked it all the way down about 200 yards and I made sure there wasn't any holes and, and uh, I forward and forward low and just powered right through it and popped up on the road on the other side which is a little less greasy and the farmer was coming, I'll never forget it, farmer was coming at me and, and his eyes, he was driving his tractor just trying to stay on the road himself and I popped out and I had to keep going and I sort of waved and he's like Man, that joker, he's definitely not from around here. But uh, yeah, there's a uh, bomb. Uh, so there's my rental. And on the top right, as soon as I get a rental, whenever I get them, I go to Walmart is my next stop from airport, car rental, Walmart. The first one, because you can get anything I need. And I'm not sponsored by Walmart, by the way. But I go and I find all their cardboard, and I get cardboard, put it on every crevice on that car that I can. And then, so that was the trashed car. And honestly, I came through a rainstorm, so it's sort of washed off. But the mud underneath there, I thought I captured some of that. But the mud that come, it's insane. But I get it back to his good as I can and I get that back and I cross my fingers they don't I look at my credit card and they don't zing me for for too much too much extra um, so there's mom on a that was a Rio hunt it was really cold weather uh, as you guys all remember we've had some springs in it just horribly cold weather so her sleeping her bundled up us and then she got her bird and it was just I mean it wet soggy rainy bird but it was awesome I mean it was it was incredible um, and so and so there's the youngest because he was in her belly youngest grand slam on record I tried to turn that into Karen she wouldn't take it but last year she so she was waddling around and I'm carrying her and I go for one of the yard birds and and there he is and so yeah it was it was very uh, fun so there so I take pictures everywhere I go so if you can see I don't know about most people but when I get a little animated so a friend was taking pictures Glenn were you, were you was that you, did you were you taking those or no I forget who was no it was Mark Burgess from Tennessee so my jaw is tight and I said take off the mask and you can't see it, but you can. If I, I should have blown up those eyes, and she said, because we wake up at three thirty, four o'clock, because fly down out in South Dakota by May fifteenth is 
5.15. we got a long ways to drive. And she said, I'm not taking it off. And I said, take it off. Well, guess who won? <laughs> so anyway, but pictures. you got to think about your pictures when you're going along your verticals and your horizontals and, and stuff like that. But a camera, a tripod. So it's all, this is all coming back to gear, everybody. And the technology today with the cameras, the, everybody has a phone. I didn't even use my Canon anymore. I had a sure shot. They were $300 cameras. We won the bid, honey, on the auction. Uh, and uh, but but the phones nowadays they take better pictures, the technology, than the the sure shots did five years ago. It's insane. So this one was my Vermont, Maine, and New Hampshire before I left for that one. I got all my licenses in order, and I had them there, and then when in Rome, do as the Romans. So in Maine, what do you do? You eat lobster. So this was two springs ago, and uh, I had a friend that hadn't hunted up there, and I lost my picture. Um, so she surprised me on my 50th for a, with my super slam picture, a big map, and it was just, it was unbelievable. It was, you know, normally you have to fake and go, oh, great, thanks, grandmother, for the turtleneck that you knit, you know, and, but she gave me that map, and it was just amazing, but I didn't have my picture so my, of a Vermont bird, so my buddy said, hey, I'm going up. You know all those spots. I said, you know, you pay for the rental, and I'm with you, and I'll show you. So we went up, and I got my picture, and it was, we had a great time. So I get up there, my honey hole, the guy had called and he fell apart. Literally, I landed and he fell apart, didn't answer me back. And I went, oh, great. So we got on Facebook, main Facebook uh, uh, website, or uh, main turkey hunters, whatever, Facebook, and found a guy. And up there, you can hunt any property you want without it being signed and dated for that year. So he, I, he call, I call him, I said, hey, and he says, uh, he goes, man, I'm booked. Whatever. I go, I get it, I get it. I don't need you to show me. I said, I know you have some property that you can show me. I said, I'm, I'm here, my buddy's here. We'll each give you $100, and it's at night. I said, just drive us around and just point us to a couple places. And he goes, okay. So he, it's, he, I, we paid him $200 to be with us for, I don't know, 45 minutes maybe less than an hour. So we went back the next day. Biggest bird I've ever, biggest eastern I've ever killed. It's hard to see on those. I, so a lobster trap. So I train, when I'm going to an area, I take pictures of whatever, the blue bonnets in Texas, the blueberry shrubs in up in the northeast, the grapevines out in California, the whatever it is. But that bird, so he's got his beards, his four beards, he's got 80 some points on just beards alone because it's twice the total length. But it was a 112 point bird. So my biggest, biggest bird. And I got in there and I said, okay, I know this is hunted hard. I mean, I could see if I hit the on my remote, beep, beep, on my rental. And I got in there, and luckily for me, not for him, the Jakes were tearing it up. And I got in, I was listening, I was like, where? And I heard one gobble, and I went, okay, he's right there. I had my ears in. And I went right in there, and I sat down, it's pitch black, and I waited, and I waited. And he gobbled again. And now we're talking, it's probably 15 minutes before you'd normally hear a gobble. And that in Turkey, dark hours, minutes, seconds, that's a lot of time. And I sat down, I waited for it till I thought I should hear a gobble. I gave one per cluck like that, set it down, never called again. He, he answered it, and I set it down. I picked up my gun. He came in. Luckily, Johnny wasn't close because, if for me, legality, if a bird's on the ground, that's legal shooting time. But I saw his white head, and that's all I could see. I couldn't see, and I just knew. I was like, I know that's a Tom. I know. 
and I shot him, and that's the biggest bird. One call, state. I say state ground, but it's just it, there. Were, there was a guy pulled in, was parked right next to me. I could hear him calling off. He was a few ways away, but there's. I mean, that's. Knowing your sunrise and sunsets. And this one, you can see sunrise is at 521. So you can see 30 minutes. First gobble is 30 minutes before that. And then, so here's one of my, that was my Arizona. I, I screenshotted this. So my wake-up time was 235 because I had a ways to drive and I had a ways to hike. Um, and my, so my next one was 240. It's funny how you can go with no sleep. Now that joker's cutting a tooth. We were up last night and the night before. You talk about exhausted? I'm ready to kill somebody. Turkey hunting, two hours of sleep. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. You wouldn't know it. Let's go. As he's back there yelling. Uh, so there's my last, that was my last bird. It happened to be a double beard. There was the, the big fires that had come through there in the Ponderosa Pines, just beautiful. And he, he was so white and it was so, that black stump. And I saw it and I just knew, I said, that's it. That's the spot. And I was, I was really happy. It was, it was incredible time. Sun rises for me. It's sad. You can't capture them, but I clicked through these. There were some toms. Jenny was with me. There were some toms. We had roosted them, and I was talking to my... I said, I got your bird roosted. It was one of my guys, and, and, and uh, he uh, came in, and it was a great hunt in the morning. That was just centered. It was just perfect. The sun rises. Just being out there. Here's some fun pictures. Uh, South Dakota watching the birds, and they were all running around. I, what are they doing? This is 15 years ago. But I, when I got him, I pulled him open. You could just see it. I pulled him open. I do that with every single bird. Any time of the year I'm hunting, spring or fall, I want to see what they're eating. Whether I'm done hunting or not, I lock it away in my head. I cannot remember what I, the two people's names I shook on the way in. I can't remember what I had for breakfast, but I can remember watching these birds and they, 115 grasshoppers 15 years ago. You know, that's a 9 by 13 sheet. That's not an 8 by 11. I open it up and a grasshopper flies away. Um, it was incredible. Uh, morels, when you're out out in the woods, uh, I just saw him and I couldn't believe it. So I start picking morels and he's gobbling. I said, I know, I know. And, you know, unlock. I, I smelled them first. If you, any morel hunters, you know, you, you smell them and you're like, what? they're here somewhere. They're here somewhere. Um, very distinct smell. Uh, a hen, I took a bearded hen. Uh, I, I, uh, and I, it legally in, in all states, I say all states, uh, there's one you can't. Louisiana, maybe? Uh, check, make sure you know your rules and regs, every single state. But I said, huh, I got a bearded hen. I, what's the chances? Count them. They always say, oh, they have 12 poults. You know, they lay an egg, one a day. She flies down, she goes, she peels off, lays an egg, finds him in his strutting area, continues on on their lap, and they do their big trek, and they fly back up to their roost. And they drop down the next day. She flies, and she lays an egg. She goes and finds her nest. There's 12 there. She has 12 eggs. They say, oh, on average, hen has 12 eggs. On average, excuse me, there's two that will live to be a year old. The biggest thing that kills them is the dew. When it takes them 12 days and you see a baby, they're all beautiful fluff. They have full feathers. They can fly at 12 days. Well, then 
the dumb ones roost on the outside limbs of a tree and the owls will come and pick them off. They learn real quick and if you've seen turkeys they fly up to the edge and they walk and pop to other limbs and they get in where it's all like that so they're protected from those avian predators. But those eggs, so that was, that was pretty cool. So that little one on the bottom right, that's 12 days away from being full size to be hatched. If that's not incredible, I mean it's just... Um, so, so eggs, uh, there's a nest. I find them all the time. I, I always, so I uncovered some of the leaves to take the picture and I throw them back on that mom. And that's got 16 eggs in it. That's incredible. So there's probably two hens that have gone there. This one, it, unfortunately, was a jake. I was filming that. I, I ended up taking a picture. But there's, so in Texas, they have blue bonnets or they have red paintbrush. So his, the red head of the decoy, the red head of that jake and that red of that paintbrush, like those images, they just burn in. Um, ticks pulled ever in Kansas. Brutal. Um, yeah, you got to watch about mosquitoes, snakes, uh, arch. You know, everybody's shooting. Most everybody shoots shotgun. Aim the feathers are right here. The skin goes up. Aim right for those feathers because a little high and a little low, you'll still get that vertebrae. Which th- there's your vertebrae, and you can see on that that neck vertebrae. That's what you want to get to. Um, they cocked this guy really weird, and I wish they would have because there's three parts to a leg: up, over, back, up and over so so like our knees bend forward their bottom one goes back and then it goes up into but that's where in fact this target for archery I think is in, incorrect I always split a bird in half so go halfway like this which he is is that's just below half I agree with that but then I split it like that and I come right back my perfect shot is right there because that knee goes here back and up and his hip is right here and where you find hips you find all those innards and if you break a leg he'll if you get two you're that he's done if you get one he's still even if you get two and I've had it happen they get just that jump and they fly up and and when they hit the ground it's the first time in their life they've hit the ground without their landing gear you'll find him within five yards of where he hit along with a bunch of feathers and that shock he might still be alive but he's so shocked um, but uh, there's for your archery. Uh, and then, you know, so here's some TSS. And, and uh, I get uh, Federal had sent me some. They just started. Apex is the first one two years ago that just came out with it commercially. Uh, Federal came out with it last year. Um, and they ran out. I mean, I, and I haven't talked to the numbers, um, how much they got this year. So each one of these, so there's a hole, and I put a line over it, um, and then I wanted to do it. Uh, I had done an article on the TSS, and I, I count everything and because I want to know. And so if you have a three-and-a-half-inch uh, TSS nine-shot, because nine-shot is half the size of five-shot and has the same kinetic energy, so... Do the math. Would you, if you're driving your car and you could get 40 miles, or well, for me, if I could get 36 miles on my F-150 instead of 18 miles, would you do the, get 36? Heck yeah. If I could shoot with the exact same kinetic energy, shoot 825 BBs, would I shoot 825 BBs instead of shooting 450 BBs, 450 number five lead? Absolutely, because all 
all those 825 babies, you get 400 of them in your tenant circle. I mean, it's, it's getting to the point. It's, it's almost going to be illegal um, what the technology is they're coming up with. Um, oh, I took some pictures of my, all my guys. I think I have one in here of you, Glenn. There's the, that's the one brother, and there's the other brother. That's on a side-by-side. He rolled his head back. Oh. Uh, so you guys got to come hunt with me sometime. It's really exhilarating. Uh, and then, oh, actually, there's Glenn right there. So that was, that was the Miriam's on the top and the Rio's on the bottom. That was uh, two springs ago, we said. Um, and then uh, there's my, uh, that was this week. I uh, was trapping. You can't see them, but there's some. So I have a hog trap, and I have feeders that go off every day. And, and then once a week, I, this door stays up. They go in and out, in and out. And then I set it with a trigger, and they go in, and that door falls. So I've got two nice hogs there while the turkeys, and I conveniently put my traps by close to a roost because when in Rome and when it's legal, and it's legal in Florida, you have to be 100 yards away from a feeder. So this is 400 yards away from that roost, and there's a big road that goes right around. So opening morning on March 16th, when I have 29 guys, uh, 29 birds, I think it's uh, 21 guys, uh, I'll have in the woods, and one guy that's going to shoot a double will be sitting 150 yards away from here with a double bowl and all the decoys and he's going to have a whole wad of turkeys and the, there's nothing like so this is Wednesday and they're just I, I, oh gosh I've got it on my phone if you want to hear them later after but to, to hear that them already jacked up next weekend is youth season for the southern zone the weekend after that the second is southern zone opener the weekend after that the ninth is central zone youth and then the 16th is my opener for most of all my property i'll do somewhere around 90 osceolas this, this spring and almost all of them will 80 will be from the central zone so we're we're right there there's my first bird april 1st 1989 it's just amazing that uh, that long ago and uh boy and his uh, his son that's who i went to college with met him at a bar his son's coming to help guide this year um and he just graduated eight, uh, AT and atm T, what texas a t what is it a&M, gosh. Uh, Texas A&M, so he's coming to hang out. And then, so there's my map of my uh, of all my uh, Super Slams. So that was my 50th birthday present. Um, so of, of all that we talked about, anybody can do it. Um, you just got to get out there and do it. You got to plan for it. The basic gear, you don't need any of this crazy high-tech gear. Um, it's really nice if you spend some money and get a good pair of boots. Um, and, and I've got my hiking boots. They're also Gore-Tex. And I've got my muck boots. And they're black. I mean, I used to tape every single thing. And I used to worry about all this. And, you know, if you stay still, that's the most important thing. And now I don't get so cranked up on that. I mean, my my beater gun I keep in the truck is a Benelli, black Benelli, super, or black eagle that three inch shells that has killed more turkeys than you could put in a semi. Anybody that has a problem, anybody that travels without their gun shows up and go, here, take that gun, point it and shoot. I mean, it's really easy. Um, but uh, besides all that, you know, and, and, you know, think about your, your birds. I mean, when you take your pictures and the lava rocks in Hawaii, the great vineyards of, uh, of 
California, Nevada, there was, I got on a car, those are cottonwoods, and I could count all the way around me at 360, I could count how many cottonwoods wood trees there were. You know, it was just, they're just not that much, there's no habitat for them. You know, so wherever I've been, I try and do something that tells me a little bit about the, about the state and, and uh, uh, peaches up in uh, uh, Oregon. Um, there was a small vineyard, micro vineyard in Walla Walla, Washington. Um, but but uh, those pictures, because after it's all said and done, that's what you uh, that's what you take with you. And, and you know, nowadays with the phone, you scan scan through and you go bing 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 bing, you know, and there and social media, and you you can share that with whoever you need to, and and uh, it's pretty incredible. But um, you know, with the season opening, Hawaii is the earliest March first, and then uh, what is it? Uh, Vermont or New Hampshire that finishes the last sun, or the first Sunday in June, so March, April, May. You have three over three months of turkey hunting, and you can hunt a rut bird from the start to the end. Um, and there's there's a lot, so much public property, so much to get after. Um, questions? Tell me. What are, how hard is it like to fly somewhere and take your gun? The easiest thing in the world. So many people are so intimidated. Um, they say, oh, your ammunition has to be in a packaged box. I make some of my TSS now, but I always have. You could put it in any box you wanted. I always, it, it has, your gun has to be in a, in a locked box. Okay, um, They got particularly with me, and I was at the airport, and luckily there was a guy that needed I had a padlock and he needed a padlock and I needed a, because I had a bow case because I carry my bow and I break my shotgun down when I put a bunch of clothes in it. I can break the shotgun down, pack it full of clothes and it had two padlocks. And the guy's like, oh, look at these two handles. I can pull them apart. I want to throat punch the guy. Because I, I go, are you kidding me? But that's a position that you can't argue with because, boy, he could ruin your whole trip right then. And the guy right next to me is like, man, and I need this. Luckily, I swapped him a padlock, and he had one of those cable things, and I put it on my... So just make sure you have multiple locks on your case. Make sure it's unloaded. Make sure you don't have any loose ammunition anywhere, especially in your backpack. I've had countless guys come... Lee, call or text and say you wouldn't believe what happened to me and in their just their backpack uh, they had one loose shotgun shell and of course you know again somebody wants to bust your chops it's ridiculous you know it's anyway it's, it's ridiculous oh I was on a turkey and I have an extra shotgun shell okay it's not a bomb I mean, can't do anything with it um, just keep them separate because you're going to have multiple bags you're going to have a carry on with all your your binoculars your cameras your your computer your anything technology Technology, high dollar, small impact stuff, that's going to be on you. You're going to have your case, hopefully, and I bought a case, a Plano case that I, has the arms that they come down and they line up so it can't crush and I pack that full of my clothes. I can fit a bow and a shotgun in there no problem, or two shotguns and then uh, a bunch of gear and then I have my big duffel bag and my turkey scale, oh, I was on the other one, but that turkey scale and you can hold it and you can sit and go and get your 50 pounds 
piece of cake and, and I sit and I try and waddle it and, and make sure I'm close and I always make sure I'm not 50 at each that there's a little play and um, but it's it's so easy now one thing I do do luckily out west in Florida it's it's open everything guns loaded I have five guns in my six guns in my car at all times out west I unload them but they're open case Illinois where I was born and raised is a Nazi state and you have to be five I think it's crazy five steps away from you have to do five things before that gun and ammunition are together like two different locked it's crazy it's crazy you can't even get out of your camp and drive down on a four-wheeler legally in shotgun season with a loaded weapon you have to get up in the tree in the dark and then load it I mean it's it's crazy literally but it, it goes to the laws and for that when I call every state I call and I say hey can I talk to law enforcement I don't call and talk to Jill hi this is Jill at licensing hey Jill tell me about your laws forget that I go let me talk to Johnny Law in law enforcement and if I'm really worried about it I say okay thanks I make my notes and I call back some other day not the same day of the week maybe not even that week call back and say hey let me talk to law enforcement say hey law enforcement tell me what I need to know because there's some crazy laws eastern tip the eastern states are typically much more strict on their laws the western states it's open carry it's anything you want guns a blazing when I'm in South Dakota and Kansas Nebraska Colorado I have a shotgun right there loaded on the you know in my truck I mean for me and with the kids I mean everybody knows every weapon's loaded and you have to treat it that way even if they're not um, but it's that's that's really easy to do easy that being said, I always have guns. Mo- a lot of my guys, my Grand Slam guys, that come in real quick for a barn burner trip, I, I carry for them because they, uh, uh, it's, it is, without doubt, easier to travel without guns. But you better plan on being there a little extra because you're having to take it to an extra place to x-ray it, and you're going to have to pick it up out of an extra place. They don't just send, you don't go to general population, you know, but easy. What else? Thing I would say with that, make sure like I went down every time. They said I had to have a cable on my boat, so I had to have, like you strapped for a lot. In the case or when you're traveling? Oh, see, in Illinois, I had to have a, a cable around my boat. Yep. See, on that, I get my wrist, my release, and I, they just say it has to be inoperable. In fact, and I've had just cheap Ziplocs ties. I put a tie on it. It's so stupid. Like, I'm going to just drive down the road and pick up my bow and just lean out the window and shoot my bow. But it has to be rendered inoperable. And, and so you have, I just put my wristband around the two cables on the bow and, and put it in the seat and put it on the Polaris or whatever. But it's, it's crazy, some of those states. But Illinois is the worst that I know of. What else? When you're uh, traveling all these different states, how you do your guys are now, are you, how are you as far as lodging goes? Are you crashing at like, on public lands, or, or are you getting hotels, or how are you as far as budget-wise, and how does that work? Until, like recently, I literally could have told you how many nights I've spent in a hotel. Right. Uh, uh, I'm uh, not cheap, just like mama, mama frugal. Uh, I, I'm OCD. I worry about, I just, ugh, like, you know, I mean, I go through the bathroom, I wash my hands, and I do everything I can, and especially with the baby, you know, you just, nowadays, you just don't touch anything and say, anyway, I, uh, and for me, the camaraderie, when I would meet somebody, I've slept on more couches 
guaranteed twice as many couches than I've ever slept in hotels. Guaranteed. Because part of me is being with that family and staying with them. But when I'm getting up at a certain hour, boy, I've parked my truck and found a a little hump, park my truck uphill, and my seat goes back so much. And when you're sleeping three hours, like horizontal with no interruptions, you could sleep anywhere. And if the temperature's good, and back when, when I had the Toyota and I jumped in there and I had the camper on it, you know, nowadays, I'm, I just don't have the... One thing I didn't talk about is the hex suit. I do have that. If you guys have heard about that technology, it really does work. I don't use it that much because I can count on one hand how many days I hunt by myself. So I don't wear it because I'm always with one or two other people. And if we're all not going to have it, and I you know it's, it's a, it looks like mosquito meshing, it's a suit, top, bottom, gloves, socks, hat that goes on and, and it cuts off your electrical impulse. Everybody has a footprint. And I mean, I've had some incredible deer and turkey and elk experiences that just come up. The wind, you'll never beat it, so you just got to worry about that. Luckily, turkeys can't smell or we'd never kill one. Um, but uh, hotels and when, you know, gosh, I've, the worst one was in Ohio when I spent the night, when I drove all the way overnight, had to get there, got in late, and I slept in a hotel that, oh my gosh, it was brutal. I mean, I, it was, it was brutal. Brutal. Are there a lot of public lands like in Nebraska and all in Camp on a lot of those. Oh, every one of them. Some you can, some you can't. You know. Every one of them. Florida is really has all kinds of camping um, on it. They have a lot of water facilities and s- stuff like that. And again, you call. Uh, Kansas has an app on their phone. You, you drop, download it. It says Kansas Parks and Wildlife. And you go uh, the walk-in, and it changes. They pay ranchers, farmers, to, to have walk-in access. And don't be afraid of 150 acres here or there. I always tell everybody, hunt on a Wednesday, get there on a Wednesday, hunt Thursday, Friday morning, because those birds have cooled down, moved around from the weekend. Think about it. 80-90% of your hunters are on the weekends. That's where all the pressure is. Hunt later on in the week, but I go in, and Kansas especially, they have, in the camp places, they have bathroom showers. Okay, so it's going to be a head that you push the button, and you have like a minute and a half to do whatever, and it's like a fine mist, and even if it comes out warm, it's still sort of a little chilly by the time it gets to you. Um, and, and, you know, but hey, it's, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's free water, and, and for me, when I mean, Doc's giggling because I mean, when I can spend $100 to buy a license to hunt another state or waste it on a night of housing, are you kidding me? I mean, I do much better now, but when I started in 94 and 5 and 6, I spent every night in my truck or on a couch. I I mean, first 10 years, I bet I didn't spend a night in a hotel one time. One time. Because I was off the beaten path so far, and I was just too cheap to spend that much money to sleep for three hours or four hours. I mean, I didn't need a shower that bad. I was by myself. I never complained. You know. What else? What you got? Hunting private property. What's your best approach if you find a place that you think you want to hunt? You know, you find out who the owner is. You recommend a phone call. You recommend going up and knocking on the door in January or whenever. That number one, you go in there on opening day and knock on a door in camo. You think you're going to knock on a door at 6 o'clock in the morning. They will shoot at you. And you deserve to be shot at because you're making a bad name for everybody. You know, I moved out to Colorado in 92. 
August 1st, 92. I had to get some stuff in order, but by August 15th, I got in my car, drove out to Fleming, which was two and a half hours from Boulder, and I started knocking on doors for pheasant property. And they sat on the porch. They knew what I wanted. I knew they knew what I wanted, but you know what? I talked to them about their stuff, what their needs were, what they were doing in their life, what their what life was like around there. You don't just have, you know, I mean, enough, there's men and women in here and we all, young and old, and we've all had to go for the juggler for certain things in our life. And you don't just go right for the juggler. You might, you know, tease around over here and da-da-da, and then you get to juggler. But you, you just don't. But if you can go for, for, and that goes with this phone, and at the very beginning, I said, you know what, and it's February, is it 17th today, or 17th, 16th, anyway, uh, 16th. So it's February 16th. You, already, you know how many people have already called those landowners? You know, but it's a great point. Call six months before. I mean, Arizona, where I was, where I showed up with that bow, I mean, I had my bow because I was hoping my last bird I was going to do something special with, but I screwed up on that one because I bought a tag for the Indian Reservation. I got it on my way out there, and I called the guy, and I said, hey, you know, I'm going to show up this day, whatever, and the opener's on Friday. He goes, we don't have an opener on Friday. And I said, well, the date says this, and he goes, what year does it say? It was for the next year. The Indian Reservation. So I said, oh no, Arizona sells their, this is Indian Reservation, whenever you can hunt them, they're great. But Arizona sells their tags for the draw units in September. Well, then I find out that it's, it's, there's first season, second season, and then third season, which starts May 12th, I think. I shot that burn on May 14th. Uh, and, and that starts archery season. It's anybody that hasn't got a first kill zone, second season kill, or so it's for anybody else, all archery over the counter or anybody that hasn't harvested in the first two. And I said, there you go. I, now I know exactly how I'm going to kill my, my last bird. And it worked out just like divine. It was incredible. But gosh, call. I mean, I could go stories and stories. I call. And I'm optimistic. I call. And they go, oh yeah, birds. I got birds. I got birds. I show up and I go in to look and I look at the picture on the, and there's three toms walking through, and there's this much snow. And I go, when did you when did you take that picture of those birds? They go, oh, that was in February. I go, oh, that's pretty cool. When have you seen them since then? He goes, oh, that that's when I saw them. Huh. Guess what? That was West Virginia. I showed up and I'd done my homework on that trip. I shot ten birds, ten states in ten, ten toms, ten states, ten days. I showed up in Pennsylvania on Thursday night. I scouted Friday morning because the opener was Saturday. West Virginia, I showed up on Thursday, scouted Friday morning. So it was 12 physical days, but the first day I hunted, I shot a Tom, went to the next state. You know, Delaware, West Virginia, uh, Ohio, um, Indiana, uh, Indiana, Michigan, back to Pennsylvania, then Illinois. Kansas, Nebraska, South Dakota. It was just bam, 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 bam. It was, but I had all, and so 10 of those states, six of them I'd never killed in, four of them I'd never, I'd driven through. But when you drive through, oh, Kansas is so ugly. Really? Why? Oh, that Highway 70 and all the rest stopping. I go, you have not stayed in Kansas unless you got off the beaten path and you stay with a local or you have a local show you around and and say, oh, this is the, this is the cool stuff. Look at these because this happens somewhere there or, you know, whatever. Ask some questions about it. And that's what goes to if you can 
can, talk to people well before the season is a great point. And, you, and they just open up to you. And then you say, hey, I'm working on my Super Slam. You'll never see me again. I just want to get one of your scrawny turkeys. You'll never see me again. And they go, oh, piece of cake. Go shoot one of those. You know, and, and for us, turkey hunters, you go after, hey, I want to shoot Mufasa. Huh? See, you better have a bunch of money because that's not going to happen. You're not going to knock on a door for that. You're not. You know, Florida, there's not a door to knock on. I mean, I've been there for 16 years. I mean, last night at the dinner table, one of the landowners called me. He goes, I'm sorry, I forgot to call you, and I got those birds for you if you want. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I don't have one bad, bad mark. I've managed and been a part of every top-end ranch down there, and it's still everything I can do to get on a piece of property, you know? So, anyway, it's, uh, there's a lot to it. And I, I say that, and I, I, uh, last one, I think I talked about just the Osceola and on, talked for an hour on how to get your Osceola. Um, I do it as a living, but I have people call me all the time. And uh, um, the Andy's back here. He does the podcast. I'm wired up. He's taping it for that for a podcast for Turkey Hunting University. He's got a lot of information on there as well. But uh, I talk to a lot of people and help them out because the more you help others get what they want, the faster you get what you want. 14-year-old, you hear that? Yeah. The more you help others get what they want, the faster you get what you want. You know, you go to that old farmhouse. Look at their chores. What do they have to do? It might take you a day to do some help for them. But, oh my God, I'm not going to do chores and do work for somebody on, on a turkey hunting day. And I'm on the... Well, guess what? You do that and you kill one the next day in, the, in an hour. Would you rather do that or go hunt some public and sit there for three days and not hear a bird? Have every person walk by you known to man. I mean, do the math. Time is important. But uh, going, but Osceola's, you know, for me knocking on doors. But there's public property. You draw the month of November. You put in your name. $5 a time. You can put in your name as much as you want. You do your draws. Um, here's my one sales pitch other than turkeys and Osceola's and Grand Slams. I, do, I have two tags for public property. They're $800 a tag. They're paid for. They're transferable. It's a four-day hunt. It's on 12,000 acres. If you hunt that, you will get your bird. Um, I've got a guy there that actually he's hunts it and he put in for him. He draw, drew three. He didn't realize, but he put his name in a whole bunch. He thought it stopped at one. He drew three of them. And, it, and he also sells me a bunch of birds, so he sort of roped me in. But that's what I paid him for because he spent a bunch of money putting the $5 in. But then on the tag, it says transferable and it says paid for. That's $100 he paid for it. So anyway, FYI, if anybody needs an, a cheap Osceola. Yeah, no, no. Oh, the draw for Osceola's is the month of November, and there's so much opportunity down there. They split it in half, and that map back there, that was the map. They have little arrows to where the public property is, and there's walk-in only, and there's draw only, and it's split about half and half, and, and I told them, and I'm very good friends with all the FWC guys, the high-end guys, um, and I told them, I said, if I wasn't a guide and I didn't have places to go and I was hunting public, I would sue you. And they said, well, what do you mean? And this is the top guy. He goes, you couldn't do that. I said, you watch me. Because they discriminate against the public hunter. Because public, private. Public, you have to end at one. Private all day. Public, you can't have feeders. Private, you can have feeders. Public, you can't use a rifle. Private, you can use a rifle any time of the year. Uh, public, you can shoot, you shoot one bird a day. Private, you shoot two birds a day. There's not one state in the country that discriminates against hunters 
like Florida. And it's beyond me. And I don't want to be the squeaky wheel because there's a lot of public guys that like that there's not the pressure and they can't. But, and so I say that, so they just started to open up some of those places to hunting all day. Sunrise to sunset. So you don't have to end at one. And I say that, but so many of you guys are from the east that you have to hunt at one any, you end at one anyway. Illinois, Missouri. I mean, those are the Missouri's the furthest west state, because after that they're just like, whatever. Check stations, tag, just just hunt. But there's you know, you just gotta know your laws and, and your rules and regs. But Jenna, fourteen, what's the rule? The faster you help others get what they want the faster, or the more you help others get what they want, the faster you get what you want. And there it goes in all ways, and helping out and swapping. There's, get online, I don't even know, I I mean, but swaphunts.com, I'm sure that website exists. If it doesn't, I bet you if you put that in, it'll get you somewhere that swap hunts. I know the hunting net, I did some work with those guys way back. They've been on and they that's a really good website. Um, but there's all kinds of places you can swap something with. Heck, swap if you live someplace it's a destination, just swap somebody staying at your place to go turkey hunt their place. I don't know. You swap something. I don't know what it is. Somewhere around you. I mean it's Unfortunately, it's it's about money more now nowadays. Um, anyway, there's a chance for everybody out there, and I just I, I, I love people coming and getting their grand slams because it, for me it self promotes and it and it, I just love people out there getting them, um, traveling, and most of them all get their ninety percent of people when they get their Osceola. And I already know before, but that's their bird. So when they take that picture with their Grand Slam and want a friend, and I just called him the other day because I started making my TSS. He came and he's 30-whatever computer guy, and, and he just needed his Osceola, and he was literally in tears, and the bird comes in. He, he had struggled, and I have different camps, and I got done with my high-end guys, and I'm a turkey whore, and I just I just want to be around turkeys, and I know where all my people are, and I just ranch, 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 and I know where they are, and I showed up. I said, Jared, I'm going, I'm going to be with you in the morning. I showed up. I said, you be ready, and we go out, and I mean, he thinks I walk on water, but it just worked out perfect. We happen to be close. We get in there in the dark, and the birds were right there where they were supposed to be, and they hadn't been. They got and we just said, I mean, you know, and it goes to calling. I'm not a good caller, and and I say that, but, but I, I don't care because I'm the one that has to call. So everybody expects that I'm going to call. And so I always have two calls in my mouth. I have a rack about my, this isn't the one I normally use, a true double. So I go down to Primo's and I said, Jake, give me a, so this is a triple stack, so it's a little bigger, but it's real nasty. So I always want to be able to kiki and purr with one, and I want to be able to do a boss head with the other one. So, so I sit there, and wherever I am, when I get out of the truck, I go. So I sat there, and I did the call, and they came in and shot the one, and, and he was, so I looked at him, all emotional, I'm like, oh my God, come on, man, I'm, calm down, I can't do this stuff all, you know, and it was just amazing. So now, one bird, and, and I, talk to him, I talk to him all the time now. I mean, just that bond. But, and more, you know, if I get going, so it just—I mean, that's that's the one hundred and one, and. You gotta make some noise, and we go into a whole other dissertation on calling and all that stuff. 
if you go to him and answer that, give Tom back to his chess match. You figure it out. I don't have an answer because as soon as you figure it out on one bird, the next day, it's totally different. That's why I love it. I just need change. And I just love that chess match. But if you get a hen, that's the same. There's an alpha. You know, you go in our house, and I won't pick on you, but I'm You go in our house and say, Jenny, why do you have the couch here? This, that's sort of stupid. Let's move the couch here. Oh, talk about a wet hen. So you go out with that boss hen, there's a boss of everything. There's a boss Tom, and there's a boss hen. Make no mistake, that hen is what rules that flock. He's following. He doesn't run along in the front. He might run out in front for another Tom if you do something like that. And you won't normal odds are, but oh, sorry. Uh, normal, uh, she, you answer her, and then she gives you something, something back. She gives you something back. Wait a second. And do again. She answers you again. Then you cut her off. Oh, take the safety off and get ready because they're coming. And she's going to come right up to that decoy. And she's going to, I mean, she, it's, it, that's what it's all about. That community. And I say that, I'll flat nose 300 yards for one bird and snipe him. And as long as I can legally get a bird, that's my goal. We have our the perfect no tree owl hoot crow. Gobble, gobble, and he flies down, comes in all strut. You can count how many times of all the birds that I'm around that that happens. It's great. That's what we aim for. But uh, you know the calling. You know, and then so I'm not the greatest caller, but. I call. I don't care. I've heard some of the worst stuff in the world. And the hen walks around the corner. I'm ready to scold somebody. You're poaching on private property. You're not supposed to be here. And there's a hen that goes, what? You know, so just make sure and use that fan if you ever do. You better be aware because there's a poacher on every property. Make no mistake. You know, try and get where you can see everything. What's your opinion on the true Osceola? Um, I'm the Midwest. On St. John River, around uh, Wallachia, mm-hmm. on St. George mm-hmm. Lake, around that area right there. Yep. And I've killed some with dark wings, broken band small birds, and then I've killed some kind of eastern, uh, buffed a little bit, you know, yep. like Rio. I know there's some hibernation that has to be, but yep. what's your opinion on the tree birds? You know, every single year. So I've got whatever 80 some guys booked already so I've had some fall through the cracks that didn't want didn't come for whatever reason but every single person and I start off the same routine and I say hey let me just go through my spiel and then if you have anything at the end just ask me a question don't worry about it but they all ask hey are those true Osceola's Shane Smith is world renowned I mean won every competition known Callie Morris and Shane Smith are the two at the top. Shane's a good friend of mine. He comes down and hunts with me each year. I swap him off taxidermist stuff. And, and uh, he starts getting into that with me too. And, you know, I just want to throat punch somebody. Because now I, now, and I showed that picture of Florida. So if it looks like the seven from Jacksonville down to the Gulf of the 45, those counties, they say. And I, so I Googled Grand Slam. I like to see my competition. I Googled Grand Slam turkey hunting, you know, and it says Jeff Buds. And then come down, I see somebody else. And they're staying in that county. You're going to hunt this county for the Osceola and that county for the Eastern. That's too much for me. That's, that, I, 
couldn't, if that was me going in, like Glenn came down, he hunted with me, we hunted by Okeechobee, he shot an Osceola, we drove five hours and hunted north of Madison, Florida, which is eight miles from Georgia, and west of where 10 split 75, those are 100% Easterns, you know, so, but that being said, it's funny you say that because my biggest property is a big 13,000 acre orange grove, I take 20-some birds off of that one, and I, when I look at those birds, when I see a bird, you know, you look at the bands on the feathers, and if they have, oh, 20% white, it goes white, black, white, black, white, they call it banding. So if it's about 25, 20% or so white, 80% black, much more black than white, we'll just say that. That's what your Osceola, you go out northwest, your Miriam, total opposite. It has 80% white, 20% dark. I see this last year, I've never seen more difference in the birds than ever before. Why it is, I don't know, but I would dare somebody to try and try and challenge the fact that that's a, um, say it's a hybrid in Highlands County, which is on, I mean, it's, it's two-thirds of the way down, you know? But the hybrids, I've never hunted anywhere near that line up there. And I know you're further over to the side from right where that line is, you know? But, uh, you know, it scares me some because, I mean, look at all of us. What do they say? I mean, you all heard it. In 100 years, everybody's going to be gray anyway, you know? All, all of us, all spe- there's so much interbreeding and all everything else. And, you know, are those birds going to mix and match. I mean, there are definitely some pockets where birds can't get to, but those hybrids, you know, they, uh, they're, the, the Rios, they take over eastern country because those toms come in dumb, and eastern will sit back. So what's happening, those Rios are breeding those hens. They're breeding out the, the Rios, you know? I mean, the easterns. The Rios are breeding out the easterns. You know, Nebraska, all through Midwestern, Nebraska, middle part of the state, I mean, they were definitely hybrids, but got them in the Harrison, Nebraska, in the far western north corner, they were, they were straight, pure white band Americans. Yep, 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 yep. I see them. in Wyoming, and they claim he was buff, and they claim there's all pure Americans, you know. I mean, yep. it's, it's confusing, you know. I mean, yep. You want to kill yep. the pure straight before your grandson, yep. that's yep. Yeah. Oh, I've yep, and I've done the same thing and taken so many guys out there and they shoot their that's my Miriam and and that was their Miriam for their grand Simon. Look at it and they're like, and they I can and I just know because I've seen the bird as he's coming in before. I don't have to touch him. I can just see. I've seen so many, and I just in my head I know. Well, that's got a little more. And he says buff. That means it's a little sandy colored, little tan ish instead of the straight white. And they're not snow white, but they're definitely white. And uh, uh, and then he's like, oh gosh, and, and he's already said, hey, can you cape him out? So I get my Havilon and I and I takes about 20 minutes and I cape him out so that he can full body mount it and then I put it in a two gallon bag and I put it in the freezer back at camp and, and uh, the next day or that afternoon boom there he shoots it and he goes up and he's like <gasps> and he looks at me and I go yeah we can swap him out because that one's just pure white just beautiful and I know before he even says it he just looks at me and I go don't worry we'll cape him out I don't care I want you to be happy I want you to look at that on the wall and that moment comes back when you saw him, you remember that hunt because that's what we do when we look at the pictures of the mound or whatever. And, uh, you know, but so he saves the beard and the tail and the 
spurs and anyway, what else? What you got? Do you have any advice on where to look for like a first time turkey hunt? Uh, what state? That's the kind of the question, like in general. Where do you look? In Kentucky. But best experience uh, and preferably public land and on a budget. Well, Kentucky, and, and you know those Midwestern states, and I call Kentucky Midwestern small farmland when you have more farms by far that are under, uh, say, 400, I don't know what your number is, 400 acres. You know, so there's a lot of doors you can knock on, and you can get off the beaten path, and uh, you can, and it's an open season. They start, uh, uh, gosh, I don't know when Kentucky is, but I'm sure it's April, say, 10th, and it goes until May, whatever. It's open for, they're typically open a month or so. But all those eastern states are, they're great states to start off, and, and uh, you know, and there's DVDs, there's tapes, there's, heck, get online, there's YouTube stuff on calling, on how to, um, you know, putting your time in. I mean, patience has killed more birds than anything. Getting out there and just being out there, A, but staying out there and being ready. You know, so, so Kentucky's a great state. I've had some, some great hunts in Kentucky, you know. And I mean, and our budget, I mean, I, I don't know what the budget is, but um, there's, there is a lot of public ground, but all those states knock on doors. I mean, that's a good state. I would say that you could knock on and get some, get some good permission. Over-the-counter, easy tags, cheap for residents. Anything else? I remember you saying something about uh, there were some, some states that stay open until almost June. Just Vermont, it's either Vermont or New Hampshire that close. It's the only one, the only state that's open in June. Uh, it open. What is it? Maine. Oh, Maine. So it, it's open until the first Sunday of of June. You know, just because I've never been there, is that is those, is those draw hunts or is no nope. over the draw? counter? Okay. Over the counter, it has to be posted, signed, and posted that year. I and I forget. All, all those states up in the Northeast, it's, the rules are close, but it's a little, one of them has to be just posted. One of them has to be signed and dated of that year, or you can go hunt on it legally. Just walk on like you own the place. Can't do anything on it. They can, they can chase you off if they see you, but they, there's nothing legally they can do against you. No tickets, nothing criminal. You know, they can ask you to leave. It's their property, but they can't give you a trespass ticket. So that's easy. Anybody, if it's not posted, I had a game warden. I called up there. I called NWTF. Look at the back of the magazine. It shows all the regional directors. That's their job to help all of us. I'll call the regional director. Oh, I'll email him and say, "Hey, I'm this. Call me at your time. These are when I am available. But please give me a call back and and give me some information because I want to know about this and that." I've called a game warden in Vermont, and he goes, "Hey, I'm getting ready to go on duty." Uh, and I can't drive you around in my truck, but you follow me and yours, and when we get done, I, I know when I need to cut out of here to be on for the night shift, I'll drive you around. So some of the best places, he goes, this is, nobody knows this, and he goes, I hunt it. But see, they're posted, but it's not, and I swear it was not either dated or signed, but that was Vermont. It's a mix. It's, in my head, I mean, there's so many states, so many differences, but gosh, that Northeast, because you land in New Jersey, and you cross the river and you head and you can go five states away in five hours. I mean, you could do uh, New York, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire. Uh, you could do uh, Rhode Island, um, Connecticut. 
they're all right there. There's all those states right there in the top northeast. They're all over the counter. They're all open the month of May, and there's a lot of birds. I mean, golly, more and more. In fact, Maine, I just saw an article, I don't know if you saw that doc, they came out, it came to my phone, once you Google one thing, then it keeps, but it said there's such a population, they're gonna, they were talking, instead of one bird a day, two bird limit, they were gonna go to two birds a day, three bird limit, two birds max, three birds, I know I talked to Andy about that, I think, right, the other day we talked, bless you, but, uh, but they, were getting, they were thinking about doing something just to get this season before the season, because there's that many. And then you go to the southeast, and they're all, everybody's all in a tailspin because the bird, the populations have started dropping off pretty drastically. That's something to think about too. Louisiana, they're talking. It's it's probably one of the worst states, you know. Anyway, lot lot to, lot of information, and it's whelming. It's whelming when you sit there and try and look at the whole thing, the whole elephant. Well, don't look at the whole elephant. Get your having on and chip off a nice little piece and start chewing on that one and then take off another piece before you know it eventually it took me you know I was 15 or 16 states I forget into it just by hunting with friends and continued my grand slam I'd always go to Osceola Florida and then I just mix and match I was 15 or 16 states into it in the 20 years ago and somebody said super slam and I went super slam what's that I want to do that so I've legally, successfully hunted in every state except for Alaska. And we're going to go up as a crew who, I don't know if well, who, I don't know if all the kids will go for that one. But I want to go up, I've never killed a bear, so I want to go up to Alaska and, and say, I mean, how cool is that? You know, I legally hunted in every state. I mean, third, right, Doc? You're on your third Super Slam. Third. Uh, third. Almost um, so he's successfully gone to every state. So that's a poacher. Look at it. His pants he's gone right now. It's got rips in the crotch. Jumping over all that barbed wire. Uh, so anyway, it's, it's just, it's incredible. It's incredible to go do it and just go do it. How long did it take you to do your first super slam? Uh, you know, I said I was I was 15 or 16 birds into it, and then it took when I started, it took me I want to say 15 years. I finished in 14, so I, I bet it was 99. I was seven grand slams in, eight, nine grand, whatever I was, and I said super slam. What's that? So, and then I just started systematically. And that one spring, um, I, I shot those 10 states, 10 days. I hunted another probably four or five states. That was my biggest spring. I just, I was in transition from one job to another. My new one, I said, okay, I've spent too much time in the last five years. I am taking off a month. I'm not going to be bothered. I'm not going to worry about emails, texts, phones, nothing. I'm going to hunt like I used to. And I did. And it was awesome. You know, and, and, and I did that. And, you know, with obligations, other obligations, thanks for quieting him down, ma'am. She gave him some Benadryl. Uh, uh, obligations, you know, you just, your bloodthirst just sort of wanes and your priorities and stuff. And now, I mean, she was excited when she finished that, those Rios and the double slam last year. I mean, I, you know, for me being around it to do it enough, I mean, you know, she just doesn't, you know, Jenny, she shot a, a doe at 444 yards several summers back. We were on a, I had a big access ranch. We'd take a whole bunch of deer, so it was in the summer, and, and she shot. Now she had to do it. She probably wouldn't because I've taught, bragged on her so much. When I said, here, go kill that doe, I went, it's 444 because you stand right by a tree. She goes, okay, boom. 
I sort of puckered up and thought, God, watch out for that woman. But, but besides that, she couldn't do it now because now it's up here. Because I've bragged on her and guys are like, not the courtesy like grandmother with the turtleneck. Like, oh, thanks, grandmother. That's great. You know, like, oh, good shot. But that was special. Like, when she did that, I've never shot a deer that far. But now she wouldn't do it again because now she'd be like, God, this is a long ways. You know, I do this all the time. You know, when I pull up to a car, a driveway, and it says, no, tr- no trespassing, trespassers will be violated. You know, and, and I look and I go, ugh. I mean, I, you know, and it's, honestly, it's easier when I'm with somebody than when I'm not. Because when I'm with somebody, I have to perform. I have to produce. I have to be the one that does it. So I don't even balk. When I'm by myself, honestly, it's tougher. When I'm hunting by myself, I question more than when I'm hunting with somebody. I'm like, gosh, should I do that? Man, now it's me and, and I won't, you know, he successfully hunted with me so I can, I can razz on him. But, I, you know, with others, I'm like, let's try it. Let's do it. And it works. And they're like, that was awesome. And inside, I'm like, God, that really worked. You know? And, and but, you know, and when I'm by myself, I'm like, God, Gosh, do I really want to get run out of here? To this day, I've never once heard of anybody not only being killed, but even shot at or maimed for just asking permission. And if you just think about that, forget everything else, all the other stuff, we should have started with that. Go ask permission. Go knock on a door. Find somebody new. You live in Kentucky, I guarantee you. Nice, strong strapping lad, go do some work for him on one of those farms. Because you go out there and they're going to have a pile of junk that they wanted to get rid of or cleaned up or burnt. Or, you know? Be their buddy. I, I bet you you'll have a deer property before you know it. You know? There's your budget. Because a weekend, a day here or there. You know? What else? I was sitting here thinking about old Papa Bear. Earl Mickle, did you ever meet him? I did not. It didn't. You killed a turkey in every state with a call made in that state and wrote a book on it. Wow. Uh, he passed away in cancer. I think it was 206. He got sick with cancer, went through treatments, got in remission. I think it was 206 he finished his super slam. Wow. But he used a turkey in every state. And uh, he had started killing birds, but he killed, shot some jakes, but he wanted to specify the long beard. A long bird in each state with it. Turkey comb made in that state. I, I didn't, had you ever heard of Earl Mickle? Uh, the name, I never met with met him or hunt with him. Yeah. He passed in uh, 206. Yeah. That's cool. That's I'm pretty cool. Time, I'm pretty old. I don't know anybody ever heard of Pop Bear or Mickle. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. What else, you guys? All right. Thanks for coming. Take a kid hunting. Thank you, brother. Hey, thanks a lot, Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming. All right, I hope that you guys enjoyed the seminar that Jeff did at the NWTF convention this past February. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I don't believe I know of anyone who travels more or has traveled more for turkey hunting than Jeff Buds. So I know there's something that we can all take away from that seminar that we can use to make things better for us in the future. All right, so if you would do me a favor this week, I'd be very appreciative. And the favor of the week is this. If you would share this week's episode using the share feature in your podcast player application, 
on your social media pages, I would be very appreciative. It only takes a few seconds to do it, and it is a huge help for me to get the word out about the show. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.